Testing one. This is Barry Zelma. Zelma on insurance. Today we speak about Zelma's insurance fraud letter, volume 25, issue 17, September 1, 2021. This issue deals with, among other things, the fact that the California legislature is working to make application fraud a crime more than it has been in the past, where only workers' compensation policies that were obtained by fraud could be prosecuted. The new statute which is provided in detail in this issue, will seek to make it a crime to file a false application to obtain a policy of insurance, a crime that exists in many states. There's also an article explaining why it is difficult to fire a government employee where even after an insurance fraud conviction, the employee forced the employer to go through multiple proceedings before receiving a court decision that the person could not continue to work for the government. Fatu Rimbert appealed from a November 12, 2019 final administrative decision of the Civil Service Commission affirming her removal as a family service worker for the County of Essex, the Department of Citizen Services Division of Family Assistance and Benefits. In the matter of Fautu Rimbert, the Superior Court of New Jersey appellate decision was asked to reinstate the job from which she was fired. This was done even though on November 18, 2017, the county removed Rimbert as a family service worker pending criminal charges for two counts of insurance fraud, two counts of impersonation, and one count of theft by deception. As part of a negotiated plea, Rimbert pleaded guilty to third-degree insurance fraud and was sentenced to probation and to pay restitution. Following her guilty plea, the county sought to permanently remove Rimbert from her employment because, among other things, she was convicted of a crime and other sufficient causes associated with violation of county policies and procedures. Rimbert appealed her removal to the commission, and the matter was transmitted to the Office of Administrative Law, where an administrative law judge was assigned to the matter and held a hearing. The ALJ heard testimony from two county officials familiar with Rimbert's removal from her job. 
According to the head of the agency, family service workers identify financial resources for applicants requesting benefits from other governmental agencies. These individuals review sensitive documents to determine an applicant's financial eligibility for governmental assistance. The documents reviewed by family service workers included social security information, tax information, birth certificates, and other confidential family information. Further, family service workers have access to databases containing this information and must access the information to perform their job. Because public employees have a fiduciary responsibility, Rimbert's crime impacted her ability to perform her job. The county's written policy stated, conduct that interferes with the operation of the government discredits the county of Essex or is offensive to the public or fellow employees shall not be tolerated. Under the policy, an employee who exhibits such behavior or conduct may be subject to disciplinary action, including dismissal. The ALJ sustained three of the county's four charges against Rembert. He sustained the charges of conduct unbecoming a public employee because of Rembert's conviction for insurance fraud, a crime involving dishonesty, had a tendency to destroy the public's respect for governmental employees and confidence in the operation of governmental services. He also sustained the charge of sufficient causes, finding Rembert's conviction constituted a violation of the county's policies and procedures, and sustained the charge of conviction of a crime based on Rembert's guilty plea. However, the ALJ, trying to do justice, held that the county failed to prove the only available job required access to client personal and financial data. After sustaining three of the county's charges, the ALJ reversed the county's decision to remove Rimbert from her job. He found the county had not proven by a preponderance of the evidence that Rimbert's criminal conviction automatically resulted in her inability to perform her duties as contained in the rules and regulations of the association. So the commission, after recognizing that some disciplinary infractions are so serious Removal is an appropriate remedy, notwithstanding a largely unblemished prior record. Even if Rimbert had an unblemished disciplinary record, the commission concluded the seriousness of her misconduct warranted removal as the appropriate remedy. The burden was upon Rimbert to demonstrate grounds for reversal. An appellate court will not disturb an administrative agency's determination or findings unless there is a clear showing that, one, the agency did not follow the law, two, the decision was arbitrary, capricious, or unreasonable, or three, 
the decision was not supported by substantial evidence. The court's deference to agency decisions applies to the reviews of disciplinary sanctions as well as to any other discipline. In light of the deference owed to such a determination, when reviewing administrative sanctions, the test the court must follow is whether such punishment is so disproportionate to the offense in light of the circumstances as to be shocking to one's sense of fairness. Certain infractions are so serious as to justify the penalty of removal even where the employee had a relatively clean disciplinary record. Having reviewed the record, the court concluded it could discern no basis for disturbing the commission's dis decision to remove Rimbert from employment as a family service record worker after her criminal conviction for insurance fraud. Her crime involved dishonest conduct directly impacting her job responsibility to preserve trust and confidence on behalf of applicants seeking governmental benefit assistance. It was Rimbert's dishonest conduct, insurance fraud, that led to her, her dismissal from employment. Under the circumstances, the Commission's determination based on the undisputed evidence in the record, was neither arbitrary, capricious, nor unreasonable. In the opinion of Zalma's insurance fraud letter, there is something very wrong in the system of dealing with employees when a governmental entity is required to conduct an administrative hearing then a hearing before an administrative law judge who bent over backwards to find a way to keep an insurance fraud criminal in her state job, a decision made by the commission overruling the administrative law judge, and then to have to deal with an appeal to an appellate court before it could effectively fire a person convicted of the crime of insurance fraud from a job that allowed her to view the personal financial and tax records of citizens. Insurance fraud is a serious crime of moral turpitude, and no one convicted of that crime should be allowed to work for a governmental entity, especially one that sees the financial records of those who apply for benefits from the government. And there should be no need for the governmental entity to jump through multiple hoops to fire the convicted criminal. The September 1 issue of the fraud letter also includes good news from the Coalition Against Insurance Fraud listing multiple convictions, an article explaining why an insurer's report to insurance fraud authorities is privileged by statutes relating to insurance fraud and insurance fraud investigations, a list of health insurance fraud convictions with explanations of the verdicts obtained, and an article about the chutzpah 
the unmitigated gall of insurance fraud perpetrators who, after being sentenced, attempt to change the plea of guilty, even though the convicted felon had admitted to the crime and entered into a plea agreement with the state, a listing of other than health insurance fraud convictions, including how a Pensacola insurance company owner pled guilty to wire fraud and money laundering offenses. John Thomas, 51, of Pensacola, Florida, pled guilty on August 25, 2021 on wire fraud and money laundering charges related to selling fraudulent insurance policies to his clients in exchange for approximately $4.8 million in insurance premium payments. Court documents reflected that between September of 2013 and February of 2021, Thomas operated an insurance business known as Thomas Insurance LLC and defrauded customers through a type of insurance fraud known as premium diversion. Thomas executed this scheme by collecting insurance premiums from customers and keeping the funds for personal use instead of producing insurance policies. To conceal his acts, Thomas gave the customers fraudulent documents referencing insurance policies that did not exist. This case resulted from a joint investigation of the FBI, the Florida Department of Financial Services, and the Bureau of Insurance Fraud. The agencies are continuing to work to ensure that all alleged victims are identified. In addition, there is the story of a Washington man who faked a job injury and pled guilty in a workers' comp scam. Chuck Wayne Riccio, 40, of Yelma, Washington, pleaded guilty August 24, 2021, to third-degree theft. Thurston County Superior Court Judge Sharonda Amamilo ordered Riccio to pay court costs and reimburse the Workers' Compensation Agency for the monies he took improperly. And then there's the story of a mayor who was sentenced after he pled guilty to a fraudulent insurance procurement case. Tim Lowry, an insurance agent and the former mayor of Redbud, Illinois, was convicted of falsely testifying in April 2019 to an FBI agent and an officer with the Federal Southern Illinois Public Corruption Task Force that he did not pay Kevin Hutchinson the former mayor of Columbia, Illinois, part of a commission. Lowry received for facilitating an insurance contract with the city of Columbia 
for casualty loss and workers' compensation coverage. On August 13, Lowry became the second area mayor to plead guilty to lying to federal agents investigating a case involving commission payments related to the placement of casualty loss or workers' compensation insurance for an Illinois municipality. Lowry, who owned the Ackerman Agency in Redbud, according to the charges, directed payments through a third party to Hutchinson in the amount of $15,854 for placement of the insurance contract with the City of Columbia. The nearly $16,000 Lowry paid Hutchinson represented around 40% of Lowry's 2016 through 2018 commission on the account from the Illinois County's Risk Management Trust, an organization that provides insurance and risk management services to public entities in Illinois. Lowry's plea came roughly a month and a half after Hutchinson, Columbia's former mayor, was sentenced for lying to federal investigators about receiving payments from Lowry in relation to the city's purchase of coverage. Hutchinson, 56, was indicted in February and pleaded guilty in March to the charge of lying to federal investigators and was sentenced to two years probation. The issue of Zalma's insurance fraud letter also reports on free videos about insurance, new books for the insurance claims professional, including one entitled It's Time to Abolish the Tort of Bad Faith, and new and now available books from Zalma's Insurance Claims Library, a listing of the last 20 Zalma on Insurance blog postings, and please subscribe to my YouTube channel, my Rumble channel, and my Substack publications so that you can see the full version of Zalma's insurance fraud letter. Thank you for your attention.